Everybody, welcome again to the Overflow Podcast. This interview today is with Brother James and Slea Thomas. This is our second interview that we have ever done, and I am so excited. So excited. They're such a great couple, great people. They're friendly, busy. You guys will hear about how busy they are. I don't even think they gave you the extent of how busy they really are. They so. are involved in every single ministry things that you could see, behind the scene things. Uh, they raised a great family with four wonderful children. Um, enjoy today's podcast. It, it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys are blessed as much as we were. And welcome to the Overflow welcome Podcast. Welcome to the Overflow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We have myself, Brother Julian, and my wife. Hi, it's Kim again. And today we're going to be having a podcast interview with some of the most great, loving couple in our church. I have looked at this couple ever since I was a young child growing up in the church. Uh, Brother James and Sister Leah Thomas. Uh, Brother James has always been a mentor to me growing up. But um, enough about me. Let's let's go ahead and let's have you guys meet Brother James. Brother James, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is James, and this is my beautiful wife, Leah. Good evening. Already going for the brownie points right on the first line. You, <laughs> yeah, guys, can't, right. you guys can't see her, but she's great. She's <laughs> she believe great. him. Um, the Thomases, they are really key members here at Inland Lighthouse Church. Uh Brother James, um, I remember as a little boy, just uh, he always mentored me. Now he's even mentoring my son, Aiden. You know, he's taught me when I was a child silly things like you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Now he's teaching my son that too. And, uh, you know, I had plenty. I believe Aiden learned that at probably like three. Yes. (laughs) That makes me feel pretty old. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Brother James is like... uh, what are some things you guys do here? I mean, I know, but tell the people at, in podcast land some ministries you guys have done. I mean, you guys can start from... I don't know, how, how long have you guys been married now? Going on... Is this a test? No. <laughs> here we go, huh? 22 years. A little 22 more 22 years. years. 22 years. Yes. Okay, so I started coming to this church 23 years ago. Yes, so you were... We were... Uh, we were engaged when you started coming oh, wow isn't that crazy that is yes so and then you guys had th- three children four three girls oh, yeah four kids. wow look at that <laughs> <laughs> like, who did i forget <laughs> no uh you know, we guys have four children and you guys grew, raised them here at in the lighthouse church yes. um did you guys meet here at the church or was it outside of the church and you guys eventually met here at the church like how like that's another story for another <laughs> time <laughs> about um, the mercy of god, god. there yes. you go you know, all right the okay. thing is is that you leave it in god's hands and god will turn 
something that's not right into something beautiful as long as you give it to god that's good yeah. that's awesome right, yeah. you know that that is awesome maybe we'll do like a testimony tuesday one day yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a testimony right, cool. i will say this when you have a hungry heart god's gonna go after you and he's gonna reach you and he will send people and put them in your path because he knows you have a hungry heart mm, so god that. will reach for you he will he'll find you Exactly. And that's what that was. <laughs> and yeah. I found her. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, you guys you guys mentioned you guys have four kids. Right now. Do you guys say your, the ages of your kids? Did you guys say that right now? I 19, okay. 18, 13, and 11. 19, 18, 13, 11. That, you guys are already raised one completely she's she's an adult now yes you know so last last time we interviewed we were the, the dylans they still have little so they were like you know we think we're doing it right well you guys are at the age where it's like they're 18 19 going to adulthood going to college you have two in college right see so yes. like you know it's like it's just it's such like they're growing up i remember when amanda was born i remember when emily was born like i remember all those stages i mean I was in fourth grade, you know, yes. but I remember, you know, uh, Sister Thomas being my PE teacher, you know, mm-hmm. Brother James being the guy who always <laughs> messed up my hair since so <laughs> I was little, you know, kept me humble, <laughs> you know, so. So, um, so I came to Rialto when me and Julian got married going on 10 years ago now, but I remember their second is Amanda. And I remember her going around, and she just wanted to talk to everybody. (laughs) She wanted to know, like, what was going on, who was going out to eat, what someone wore. And, like, I'll never forget that about her. That's our Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) She never met someone who wasn't a friend. Yes, yes. Everywhere she she went. So comfortable talking, and she was, I don't know. And I think that came from the ministries that we were in, in the church. Because I came at 19 years old, never having known anything about God, about truth, about the Bible, nothing. I was a blank slate when we got married. As a new convert, we jumped right in instantly to whatever ministry we could put our hands to. Pastor said, hey, we want to start a Bible quiz program. Anybody want to coach? My husband and I are like, we don't know what Bible quizzing is, but yeah, we do. Yeah. Crash course one night, pastor came over and... Came over on a, at the time, it was a Wednesday night. Gave us a quick rundown on Bible quizzing. Thursday night, we had our first practice. And Friday, Saturday was our first tournament. Oh, wow. And And it was Bellflower. Yes. I was there. (laughs) Bellflower. Yes. Mm -hmm. Bellflower. That was our I'm just going to add this in really quick. If you listeners have not listened to the Dylan's podcast... It is a great reference to what they just said because this is what it's about. It's about the families getting involved. No, you don't have to know everything. No, you don't have to be raised in it. The point is to find God and find anything you can do to help the kingdom. Right. There's so much that you can do. Um, We One thing is that there's so many different ministries in the church that there's something for everybody. I mean, we've been involved in... The Bible quizzing, ushering, coffee shop, Sunday school, bus ministry. Um, there's so many ministries that we've been involved in that God's. And the thing is, is you just got to go in and do it. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid. I do. Uh, you were my Sunday school teacher, too. 
Power hour. Power hour. So <laughs> yes. Um, you know. Power so hour. you know. So that was you know. I obviously I met the Thompsons at a very young age, even first date. You know, to church. You know, you guys have always been in my life growing up. Um, Bible quizzing. Going back to that. So uh, you guys were obviously very young. No kids yet, right? No. Newly no. newly married. Yes. Um, Maybe five months married. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Yeah, we weren't married that long. So, and I remember when Bob Quigley first kicked off too, because they approached my parents to do the junior division. Yes. So we were they were learning that, and I was so excited to quiz at eight years old. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I'm gonna say why right now. Okay, remember we were new in church. Okay, so I thought I was gonna be on TV. Like a Jeopardy thing, <laughs> okay. So I, I was like, "Yay, we're a quiz, mama!" You know, new to church, didn't know, no and idea. I did. I do remember because uh, my my dad he was doing the recording, like he'll record the CDs and stuff back when they had cassettes, and he was running that ministry. Well, yes. they had a Bible quizzing tournament, and it was actually the year before. We we didn't have a team yet to book a John, and I remember they were there and they were quizzing, and they had this screen up that had the score. Well, that's what I thought was projecting it. So I, I remember I was looking through the window and I thought it was going on the TV. And so I was like, what are they doing in there? Then they mentioned they were going to be doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on TV too. Like, you know, so quickly learned that Bob Quincy is not on TV. <laughs> so, so how long ago was that now? I, uh, over 10 years. 98, 99. Okay. Yeah. 90, well, Sister Leia now. Okay. Me and Brother Julian have our two... Um, oldest, which is only seven and five in Bible quizzing, Sister Leia still coaches them. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is commitment. This is years and years of just having the drive to continue to do the work. It's a drive and the love uh, and the ministry. It's like with the Bible quizzing, it's weird seeing. I'm not in the, involved in the quizzing aspect of it anymore, maybe driving. I know my wife is. But the part where... Like Brother Julian, we were his coaches and stuff, um, and now we're his or my wife is his kids coach, and it's with the youth ministry. We're looking at young people that we're chaperoning now that we used to chaperone their parents, and um, <laughs> it's coming full circle. <laughs> but you know what? It's the love of God, and one reason. On the youth aspect that we do it is that we love those kids, and we the way we look at it is we put our time and effort on other kids, and we see the fruits that people are doing for our kids, mm-hmm. and they love our kids, so it's 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 just really neat living for God. I think one way to to express what he's saying there is. Everybody has a ministry. Everybody has a gift. Some gifts are the gifts of tongues and interpretation. Some God makes preachers, teachers. But others, he gives the gift of prayer, of prophecy. To some, he gives the gift of love. And I truly believe that that's what God's given my husband and I. It's one thing to say, oh, I love you, I love you. But there is another level of love when it's... It goes beyond just that, oh, how are you? Are you okay? That level of you truly get down and pray for them. You seek them out. 
doing Bible quizzing 20-something years now down the road, it's truly because I love these young people. And there's something there, and we know it's all from the Holy Ghost. Everything comes from the gift of the Holy Ghost. But seeing what God has done for me, why would I not want to share that with these kids? Yes. I was praying for a young person in the altar, and as I watched people gather around this young girl, I just stood there and I wept, and I thought, God, every child deserves that kind of love. That's who I want to be. And I think that's something God put in me from the very beginning. Because, again, I wasn't raised in church. Went through a really rough teenage years. Um, at 16, I can vividly remember being in my room, crying at the end of my rope. I was done with my life. I was done. Feeling something come in my room that I've never felt before. And I looked up and I cried out and I said, God... If you're even real, if you even exist, show me who you are and I will live for you. And he did. It was in a quick time after that, God sent my husband to bring me to the church. And knowing how much he loves me, that's who I want to be. And so whatever ministry I can do, Bible quizzing, bathroom ministry, coffee shop, I work for our school. I teach our fifth and sixth graders here. I love people, truly and genuinely. And I think that's what I saw in my husband. He loves people like nobody I've ever met. And that's a gift. And I think he put us together to make a very powerful gift to be used in the church. And, you know, even just me as a young age, I can even think of moments where you really shine through those gifts. You know, because Bible quizzing, when it first started, there was a rough group of kids that joined, you know. And so, oh, yeah. And then even, even this, the classroom that you taught when I was younger and you had my older brother in your class and you had a rough group of kids. And I, I remember, and um, and I remember the times when they were having their, their I don't know, meltdowns, whatever you want to call it. They were young kids, fifth, sixth year, fifth and mm-hmm. sixth, you said, right? They, uh, you know, they, they needed that love and compassion of from an elderly, not elderly, wow, not elderly, because you were very young at the time, but just a mentor in their life. Motherly. You know, a motherly there. <laughs> they needed that. And I and I remember those moments. Like, I like vividly remember them. Um, you know, and Brother James in Sunday school. You know, I remember, you know, like, I remember lessons you taught, you know, like, or pitched in and helped, you know. I remember the one in particular about like your body being a temple. I don't remember why, but it, you said something about like don't draw on yourself, and I like wouldn't let anyone draw on me. Like I'm like, no, don't draw on me. Brother Chin said no, you know, and like just little things is just. But obviously, you know, you guys are making an impact on people for a very long time, and you guys jumped at it together as a young married couple. You guys didn't wait till now to start. You know, like you did be like, well, my kids are grown up now. It's a little easier. You know, my life is not as busy. I'll start now. No, instead you did it while you still had little ones, yes. little, little ones. So, you know, that's one of the things that we're with this podcast is, you know, we, a lot of people are afraid. They have a kid and they're like, oh, I can't do this with a baby, you know, but you guys are a living testimony. Like, yes, you can. And 
do a good job at it. When you guys host the food here, I'm just saying there is some good food. We know the Thomases are in the kitchen, whether if it's from Nana Thomas being in there, to Brother James Thomas on the smoker, you got Sister Thomas just coordinating it all. Like it is just like it, it's ran smoothly and it's good. I mean, and also um, besides just being involved in ministries. You guys also have a business that you guys run, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, and you guys want to talk about how do you guys do all that? Well, that came from idle time and needing to be busy when my son was born, my youngest child. My husband decided he needed a hobby, and so oh, almost twelve years ago, he started getting into barbecue and learning how, perfecting it, checking everything out, and trying to learn how to do it, and it over time slowly led into a catering business that he just absolutely loves doing. And I think a lot of that is born out of ministry because he's got a servant's heart. He loves to serve people. And it's a, again, it's part of the gift that God has put in him. He can talk to anybody, any stranger, anywhere, at any time, and make them feel like his very best friend. He makes people comfortable. And so it just kind of came naturally. Yeah. People would ask him, oh, I enjoy this. Or he'd take food to somebody. Oh, I made this. I want you to try it. Yeah. And it just slowly, naturally kind of came about. Yeah. And I, you even use it with, like, to the church. Like, you teach the Pathfinders how to pick up on you share your passion with them yeah they uh, teach them how to do it you know yeah, we just did um a few months ago the pathfinders they all um came in on a saturday and they did uh pool pork we injected seasoned and it was a great time the kids really loved it and to this day they keep on asking me when we're going to do it again they want to come to the house and do an all-nighter that's cool um and you know the thing is it's it's getting these young people to do something that they truly love. And if we could get the young people, young marrieds, young, it doesn't matter your age, even from the young ones. If we could get, <clears throat> get them to start loving the kingdom of God, not to start, but if, you know, they're doing stuff for the kingdom of God, it just, it becomes involved natural. In involved in something yeah. that they loved. And then when they do it, it just becomes natural for them, yeah. you know? So it just, to me, it's amazing to see the young people at this church and getting involved. Yeah. Now, um, the Pathfinders, for those who just don't know what that program is, it's boys between the ages of 12 to 18. Yes, sir. And we're teaching them just really just skills. We teach them mechanical skills, uh, outdoors, just going outside. Life skills. Life skills, yeah. And you teach them how to smoke. Now, I never learned how to smoke food growing up. Like, it, I just didn't. It wasn't until I got thrown into it at work where I just started picking it up. Mm -hmm. Now, the other day, I made something, and I sent it to Brother James. I and made, it looked amazing. I, I, I made, it's called My a... mouth was drooling. <laughs> I made a breakfast fatty. So, it's a, oh. you get bacon, you weave it together, you put sausage in it, you lay it flat, you put eggs in it and cheese, and you roll it all up like a burrito, and you smoke it for an hour and a half. Wow. But I sent it to Brother James knowing that, all right, this guy would appreciate the work and the time I put into this weave and everything. Uh, it was beautiful. It, it was really good. It was really good. I, I, I got to say, though, I got to make it for you someday. Yeah. And yeah. Do it. So, the only thing, do you want to believe this, as much as like barbecue and stuff I do at work, I don't have a smoker at home. 
and I'm still ashamed by that. I need to own oh, one. I need yeah. to buy my own. <laughs> so well, we won't even <laughs> tell you. We won't tell you how many I have. <laughs> That's so I gotta funny. stay married. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, so, what what are some other things you guys? Bible quizzing, in group. Well, you got to do forty fabulous. No, we do. Yeah, we're, we're we're in charge of the in group. In group with uh, care captains. Care over captains in over in group. Just um, involved with the church where we help and encourage different families mm-hmm. in the church. Um, when we built the new sanctuary, we were over the coffee shop and the running of the coffee shop here. That was a blessing for us. We really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. My girls are still involved in it. Um, like I said, I teach here at the school. And then whatever whatever capacity we can be used. Help Brother Gavin in the youth ministry wherever he needs us, drive, chaperone. Um, we, you know, cook for events, so whatever he needs. Yeah. Uh, ushering. Then, I remember when I first got in church, um, my mentor, Brother Adam Pierce, who's our assistant pastor here at the church, he made a comment I heard him actually say to one of his children. Um, I don't remember the whole situation behind it, but he said, we are just currency in the hands of God for him to spend us as he desires. And that got a hold of me as a 19, 20 year old kid that got a hold of me. And I thought, that's what I want to be. I want to be currency to be spent. It doesn't have to be glamorous because whatever you do for God, he's going to bless it no matter what it is. Cleaning the bathrooms, um, doing the lawns, working with the kids on the bus. Yeah. We started bus ministry before we had buses. We had this old white Chevy Astro van. Is that what it was? Well, it wasn't old. It was new when we got it. <laughs> and we, yes. old now. Uh, so we bought it with 47000 And that's right when we started Bible quizzing. We used it for Bible quizzing. We drove it to Heritage in Colorado Springs. When we sold it, it had a little over 300,000 miles on it. It's a mile Never on once changed the motor or transmission. I would take it to Brother Gallardo, and he would ask me, Brother Thomas, <laughs> you need to change the oil on this more often. <laughs> I don't understand how this car is still running. It was blessed and highly favored. And I, yeah, that's exactly and I told him, I said, you know, brother, when you use it for the kingdom of God, he'll keep it running. He'll keep it running. That's yes. good. But it was our Sunday school bus. We ran our route out of our van. Yeah. It was our youth bus. We took our youth wherever, every youth event, that van went on. My kids were potty trained in that van. <laughs> the, I'm hey, I, I got, I got, I can relate. I got a little toilet to go in the back of my car right now too. Like I got it. The I young understand. people can tell you, yep. they were. It that van was a miracle when our our bus decided to stop working in the desert desert on the way home yep. from Heritage. one of our trips. Uh-huh. And yep. that van took I don't know how many young people up and down that hill. It was a miracle. So to Baker, yeah, yeah. we were stuck in Baker. Yeah. Right. So um, now you guys did this all while raising kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I mean, how did you guys juggle really that lifestyle? Did you guys, 
take them with you to all your trips? Did you do babysitters a lot? I mean, how did you they, guys balance that? They went with us everywhere. Everywhere we went, it was very rare that they stayed with someone. Um, you ask how we did it, how is it possible? And sitting here thinking about it, I don't know any other way. I don't. We don't know. You know, when we hear people say, I can't do it, I just kind of like look at them like, what do you mean you can't do it? And I guess because we jumped in with both of our feet that we know no other way. So when someone says they can't, we look at them like, what do you mean you can't? Right. It is possible, you know, so I don't have another answer for you on that as in like, you know, you just got to jump in and do it. No excuses. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you guys had plenty of meltdowns while driving. Oh, yes. Kids crying. And you know what? I remember there was a young man and it was on one of our heritage trips. We went to Colorado. He said, Brother James, you need to whip your daughter. She's crying and crying. I wanted to whip him, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, right, and I thought to I myself, man, wait till you got kids. You, you know, know? That, that's why I like to make a joke. There's the, the, uh, perfect the perfect parent. The perfect parents are the kids or the, the adults or young adults that don't have kids yet. They yes. think like, oh, I would spank my child if they were acting like that right I now. Would never I would never let that. my child do that, blah, yes. blah, blah. And then there's the the surviving parent at the moment where you're just like, boy, you better shut your mouth, <laughs> you know. And then and then I call it the, the uh, amnesic parent, which is the parent that's now, my child never did that growing up. You know, it's like, yeah. really, your child never touched the windows? Like, come on. Your child never licked the seatbelt? Like, you know. Let me give like, you some hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Colorado one year with the young people. I have very young children. I believe was, a two and a three-year-old. It was Amanda, Victoria, uh, Emily, and Emily and Amanda. Emily. Oh, sorry, pa- sorry, girls. But I have a two and a three-year-old in Colorado with the young people. We go to focus on the family we're visiting. I had a very strong-willed two-year-old from before she was even born. Very strong-willed. And we were walking through. They're giving us the tour. And I was approached by a lady at Focus on the Family. She goes, ma'am, we have a mother's room over here if you need to deal with your daughter. And I was a little embarrassed by that, but I thought, okay, I'm going to take her, go into this mother's room, calm her down. She was obviously being a terror. Two minutes later, she walks in and hands me two free copies, Dare to Discipline and a Strong-Willed Child. (laughs) I was mortified. Ah, that's so funny. (laughs) You know what? That same strong-willed child is involved in as many ministries right now as I can think of. And she loves the kingdom of God more than anything in this world. So, is it hard? Yes, it's hard. You're going to have a terror sometimes. Is it worth it? Yes. Absolutely. Because your kids will grow up. And when I say this... They don't know any difference. None. And so when they grow up, they will be workers for the kingdom of God. I mean, it's just, they know nothing else. Right. Yeah. And with all of that said, there's blessings in all of it. 
And at, and we'll tell our kids, you know what? This right now, what we're doing is a blessing from God. This is because of this. This is because of this. And God honors that. And it's just it's just amazing. I'm, we know nothing else. It makes yeah. me think of a story. I think we might have just had our oldest, Aiden, and Brother Pound... Um, told us, you know, your kids, like, keep doing what you're doing. Your kids will, whatever it is that you're doing, they'll do it 10 times. And I joked, I'm, like, super tired. Aiden's, like, running around. And I was, like, oh, no, right? (laughs) Like, totally out of it. And he stops me. He's, like, no, like, the good things, too. And I remember just, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those moments where you're, like, oh, that is true, too. You know, you always want to think the negative, like, oh, man, I'm going to get it back. And he's like, no, the good thing. So everything you're saying, that's why that popped in my head, is like, you did it, and it was hard, but look at all they're doing now. Yes. Which is just. Like, we look at old videos of Sunday school when we were just, we, we were new. We, we were less than a year day, I mean, married when we got into Sunday school, right? And then. Yeah. Um, and then so Aiden was born into Sunday school, you know, so right. I got videos of him like crawling around on the stage, you know, like running you know, up there to try to get to dad. Yeah. And so like, he's always known Sunday school. So right. maybe that will be his thing when he goes older uh, or, and, and now outreach, like that's all they do with us. My Addison knocks the door. She gets mad if I don't let her knock the door. <laughs> so I'll let her right. knock and then I'll follow it up. Like, you know, really cause it was little tap, 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 tap you know, like, okay, then let me do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but there, you know, like sometimes that's a huge fear for people mm-hmm. to hit that door. Just that, you know, they have to overcome. Well, Addison's oh, yeah. going to have no problem with it because that's all she's going to know. You know, that that right there, what you're saying right there about knocking on doors, that is the God honest truth, the fear. Because I was, a, even though I could talk to anybody one-on-one, I could go to somebody and try to find, I, I really look for an interest, something that they're interested in. And I know enough that I could talk to them about it and catch their interest. But knocking on doors, I had the biggest fear. Right. The biggest fear of going on outreach. I'll be honest, and I'm ashamed to say it, that I wouldn't go because of that. Until we did Hope Corps back in uh, 2017. My wife and I did Hope Corps. And we went to New York. Mm-hmm. And I <clears throat> going to New York to the skyscrapers, into the projects. You would go up the elevator, and come out, and there literally four doors. You could knock, 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 hit all four. And I told myself, all At right, the same time they were, uh, yeah, oh, they were wow. so close. I mean, you could, you could take one step and hit every door. Wow. And so Brother Ramirez asked if anybody spoke Spanish. And I'm like, told my wife, don't say a word. <laughs> don't say a word. Because I figured, you know what? I'm just going to go with them. Let them do all the knocking and let it be. My wife said, oh, my husband speaks Spanish. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't pinch her. She, she didn't Oof. get the, the eye message. I read it. She I, I didn't know how to really give the eye message. But, uh, why hide your talents? Yeah. So we went, and to be honest, we started going, and that's when God dealt with me about knocking on doors. 
we're afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. That when we go to someone to knock or on the street talk to about God, we're afraid of rejection on our end. God spoke and said, they're not rejecting you. They're mm-hmm. rejecting me. That's good. And at that moment, I realized, you know what? Let's go for it. Yeah. And I'll never forget, we went in there and started knocking. And my Spanish is not that great. And we started praying for people in Spanish. And I'm going to tell you, I know it was God because... I can't even remember some of the words that I used. Oh, that and was good. People were, I mean, it was just amazing what God did. And at that moment, it was like, you know what? I can knock on doors. You teaching your daughter at that age, she's not going to have to be fear, uh, scared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's amazing. So you guys did Hope Court, even though you guys had, like, I guess you guys had nothing else to do, right? I mean, <laughs> we had nothing to do. Right? I mean, obviously, yeah. you guys, your plates were already full, and you guys decided to invest your spiritual walk into mm-hmm. the program Hope Court. Now, I, I tell Kim to this day, like, I should have done Hope Court at 18. I knew God called me to do it. Looking back now, at the moment, I, I missed the call. Like, I, I knew... I was at a stage in my life where I was either going to join the military mm-hmm. or go to college. And I was praying. I was like, God, like, I was being very direct. I was like, I need to hear a yes or a no. I was like, I don't, if someone came up to me and be like, hey, think about what you're doing. I'll be like, thank you, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. I needed a yes or a no. I knew what I wanted. Well, Brother Johnny King went up and started talking at peak. And he started talking about Hope Corps, and he talked about his military experience. And then he goes, to all of you who are thinking about joining the military, do not join the military. He said just like that. And I think he even looked at me. <laughs> like, at least it felt that it way. felt that way. I, I turned red. I sunk in my seat. I knew. I was like, okay, God, like, that's not it. But then he's talking about Hope Corps. I missed the part of like, okay, now do Hope Corps instead. Right. Now, so like I look back at my like, Kim, we're going to do it someday. Like obviously when the money's right and everything, but, and I want to do it to really, it's a huge investment to your spiritual walk with God. Mm-hmm. Teaches y'all. Now what, why did you guys decide to do Hope Corps? What prompted you guys? Did someone we, put a brochure in front of you? Yes. Or, yes. Yeah? We were at peak the 2016 and we're there, and they were doing the presentation, and they handed it all out. And my wife looked at me. She goes, I want to do it. Because there was couples up there that were older that did it. And my wife says, I want to do it. I'm like, yeah, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So she went ahead and did it. And that year, I had surgery on my shoulder. And I was laid on the recliner. And I ended up joining Hope Corps a month <laughs> later. So you were already completed with your no, she's oh no no okay she, she started, started a month before, a month before gotcha then okay. I signed up a month later okay so when so she God made you available <laughs> I was available <laughs> yes 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 oh God's timing so then um, you know we did that and went to New York and the classes it was just an amazing thing um, and now our daughter Amanda. She just started Hope Corps a week ago, two weeks oh, ago, that's right? that's so cool. That's just cool. this week. This week. Oh, wow. Nice. Very so cool. now my daughter's doing it. 
Nice. So it's I know. you so, can't do it as a married couple. Yeah. We, we're going with four to, kids. We're going to. We're going I got to. three. I got three. We got three kids. <laughs> so you got it, right. hey. yeah, huh? I mean, you got you got even more time than they did, huh? Yeah. yeah. So so uh, you guys did whole court. Now, what would be something if you were to encourage a young person or a married couple? The benefits of Hope Corps, because all so I'll be honest, I don't know much of Hope Corps. Mine is just like I know they have a, a pretty intense study course. I'm not even sure what that includes, and I know that they go and they do their mission. You know, mm-hmm. at the end where they go to Roatan, they go to New York, right? All these different places. What would be something like you could encourage both to a young person to do it, and also maybe even like no matter what stage of life you're in, you'll get out of your it. box. You'll get out of your little cocoon. Even though you're in the ministry and you got so many different, like for us, so many different things that we were doing, I felt, I'm all right. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm doing what God wants me to do. But God wants us to really do a lot more, I feel. And with us going into Hope Corps, I realized, and when I say this, we got the best pastor Best bishop, best church. Amen. You know, yes, we do. Um, but I learned so much there that I didn't know nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And going, um, it got, and I feel that I could talk to anybody, but it really got me out of my box, my little cocoon that I was in. And that's where I feel Hocor really helped me at that age. And I was in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So That's no matter cool. how old you are, I think Hocor, I'm a big supporter of Hocor. That is awesome. Let's, you know, Shalane, anything you want to add to that? I mean, I didn't know we were going to go into the deep waters. Yeah. <laughs> um, our ideas behind joining were completely different. At the time, I was going to college to get my bachelor's degree because I had felt. I came as a young person. I missed out on a scholarship that had been offered in high school to the Air Force Academy. And I felt like I had missed out on my opportunity for college at a late age in my life. And I was looking at myself with four kids and I'm like, I was at a place that wasn't healthy for me. I felt I'd missed the boat. I'd missed it. I'd missed my opportunity. And I was determined to go back and get my degree. And I was determined. And that's where I was. And I was so engrossed in the secular college world at that moment. So focused on me and my goals and my dreams. And I think Hope Corps for me was God dealing with me. God rooting that out of me. Um, Not just for me but for the salvation of my own children Hmm. Um, because they were still fairly young at that time, 12, 13, my oldest ones, five and six or something like that. They were all still pretty young. And I felt like Hope Corps um, was a wake-up call for me because I was doing everything that I could do. I was stretched thin. I was a mom. I work full time. I run the coffee shop. I do this and I do that. And I'm in this program and that program. And I think they were all um, little bandages to hide 
what was really lacking and where I was really failing. And that was in my prayer life Mm -hmm. and my devotion to God. And I was filling it up. And this is so, forgive me if I'm being too raw and too open and too honest. But for me, it was a very pivotal moment. Not necessarily what I learned in Hope Corps, because I've always had a hunger and a thirst for the knowledge. And so I loved to study and to learn and to know more. So I loved the classes. I enjoyed them. They were great classes. But it was more of a moment. I could take you to the spot in New York City where I stood with Sister Ramirez and I wept. And I think that's where God broke me. And I looked out at the projects as they joined together. And I could see the mass of children. And I told her, how do you do this? How do you do this and not become so hardened by all that's going on? And she said, you just have to pray. You have to pray. You have to build an outer shell that can be tough enough to withstand what comes against you, but still have a tender heart inside that can love. And for me, it was a breaking point because I realized at that moment, I had gotten comfortable and complacent and the doing, 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 I had the Martha spirit, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm. And God was trying to reach me and tell me in so many different ways he's trying to reach me that I needed to be more of a Mary. And that right there was a, a moment that I realized I was living in the overflow. It was in that moment that he reached to me, that he loved me so much. I had given, I'd given, he honors it, he loves it, he respects it, but he said, that's not even what I want. None of it. It's your heart. It's all he really wanted. And so it was after Hope Corps for me that I changed my perspective. I changed my outlook. And now, coming back to bus ministry, coming back to things that I used to do because of love, it, it, it's so different. It's so different. I don't fear knocking on a door, whereas I used to. Like he said, I used to. I wouldn't knock on doors. I hated it. God forgive me. Yeah. It's a scary thing, though, mm-hmm. in that place. But now, I don't, I don't have one fear because behind every door is the potential for a soul. Somebody who doesn't know him that needs to. Mm-hmm. Behind every door is another child who is so hungry for the things of God. We just brought a new little girl her first time on Sunday. She was so hungry. The power of God moved on her so strong. It was a beautiful moment. And I just could not stop thanking God. Because those moments is where we live in that overflow of what we've done all those years. So it's work. It's hard. Things get difficult. The kids, they make a mess. They, they tear things up. They're loud. They're obnoxious. You miss half a service. There are times where I went to Bishop. I remember vividly going to Bishop when he was pastor still. 
And I'm like, basically, am I even saved? <laughs> like, wow, yeah. I, I don't even get to be in church. My kid is crying here. This kid's crying here. I'm never in church. I never hear the word of God. Yeah. But he's like, just hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get better. And it did. By and by, it got better. Little by little, it got better. But we can't do it. Uh-huh. But you can't. You just, you, you're faithful. You keep coming. Even though you know you're going to spend half your service in the nursery, you come anyways. Because that's where we teach them. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never had, to the glory of God, I have never had my kids ever ask me once, are we going to church tonight? No, they're like, Mom, what time are you going to be ready? We're going to be late. Let's go. Let's go. Right. You know, I'm always the late one, I guess. <laughs> they're like, hurry, hurry. They want to be early. They want to be at pre-service prayer. That's a given. That's not a question. Yeah. Like if we're not at pre-service prayer, we're late for church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just keep coming. You stay faithful. You be consistent. You know, you're talking about your Hope Core experience and the development of a prayer life to really, you know, if we could be the best host for Family Day, mm-hmm. the best host for um i don't know any ministry really right but if we don't have that prayer life it's almost like our fruits are all messed up you know it's like we're doing it out of like because we're supposed to pastor asked us to we're just gonna do our best blah 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 but when we have when our prayer life is right our fruits are there and we're doing it like that love comes a little bit more easier you know like even though we may already have that naturally and it's just it flows better when our prayer life is just right and i would even know if like for myself so bus ministry, when I got started, um, my introduction was cleaning the buses because mm-hmm. I didn't like how dirty they were. Right. I would see a dirty bus and it drove me nuts. And, and it was just how, how long did you wash them before you were even technically working in bus ministry? I don't know, maybe a couple years. I was just wow. wash the buses. I was just like they're dirty. I'm gonna go out there, pressure washer, go clean them. And then, but as my prayer life got better and I got more involved and then my Sunday school teaching even got and I wouldn't say it's just from experience of teaching it's because your prayer life is getting better you get more in tune when when you begin to mm-hmm. teaching and all of a sudden when your prayer life is up and things begin to shift in the class you know like this it is all where lines. I'm gonna go it starts yes. to line up mm-hmm. and your your passion mixed with a good prayer life right. changes everything you know because so we talked about you guys passions and everything before but then really your prayer life yep. has to outshine that. If it yep. doesn't, your yes. passions become misguided. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and so, um, and you guys are, you know, obviously you guys are teaching this to your children. You're teaching your, your, I mean, Thurman, he's a hard worker. I mean, and obviously I see it to him at a very young boy. He's not even in the youth yet. Yeah. And he can outwork some of these youth boys already. I already know that. That boy's a hard worker. And, you know, obviously it's seen in mom and dad. But, like, as he grows more in God, and he's going to learn how to just guide that all in the right places. Oh, it's yes. like our pastor. People see Pastor Booker, and they go, man, like, I want to be like Pastor Booker someday. Let me take you back when I was eight years old, and there was pa- and when poor Pastor Booker was youth pastor mm-hmm. Booker. <laughs> you know, so he was a youth pastor, and I remember him vacuuming, cleaning, oh, yeah. you know, doing every. He, I think he said it before. I don't know if it was a podcast or he said it out of the pulpit. He's done every single ministry in the church from besides probably the nursery, I think. <laughs> you know, like that's about it. But he'll probably went in there and cleaned it, I'm sure. But he's done everything, cleaning, yes. uh, you know, and that's all it is, is just being developed. When it's time to pick up the chairs, 
It is how quickly sometimes the crowd just disappears. Hey guys, let's pick up the chairs. Where did all the young men just go right now? You know, yes, it's like yes. you know, it's like crickets. But it, and obviously we have a great group of people here, a yes. great group of young men. But um, sometimes just you know, but it's if you want to see who's a hard worker in church, you want to see like who's doing it right, who's like man, like how do they do it? Their prayer life is just mm-hmm. so it has yes. to be there. Mm-hmm. It has to be there. So. Um, Got to be in tuned. Have to be in tune. And then, obviously, we talked about the blessings that overflow from it. You know, mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, obviously, there is financial blessing that comes. There is that, you know. But that's not what we're going for. No. We are, they, they, do we get that, you know, that that security at work? Like, you know, because you're blessed by God. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're favored by the boss because God, because you're favored in God. There is all that. Right. But we don't do it just, we do it so then... When we're the bus kid we picked up, mm-hmm. they come to the altar, they're praying, and they don't know why they're crying and you know why they're <laughs> feeling that way. That is what it's all about there, it's getting all about in, into all the flow of being in God's will, being in God's will. Because our goal is to go people. to heaven right. with people. And I don't want to go alone. Right. I don't want to walk across that line and be like, oh, I made it. I made it. Look what I did. I am here by myself. Where's everyone else at? No, because weird. I only looked at we don't we aren't saved to keep ourselves saved. No. We're saved to help reach for others. Yes. Help reach others. I, I like how you guys mentioned like blessings, you know, the overflow and like there's even financial, there's material things, there's like friendships that develop. And I think the coolest thing about when you get to that point that those things almost don't even matter. No. Like yes, it's good, okay, that's yeah. so much fun, but you're still like that's cool, but I'm going to go knock this door. And that's yeah. almost more fulfilling than any any blessing that God's going to give you, <laughs> no matter what. And that, that stuff just gets, like, pushed aside. Right. Seeing people come to Jesus has to be the most fulfilling. It's addicting. It is. <laughs> it that is. is absolutely. It is addicting. It is. You know what else is addicting, too, is when you're teaching a Bible study and a light bulb turns on. Yes. And they're like, like, you know, Pastor talks about the one with him and another brother in the church, and he finally got the importance of the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he didn't get the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost not yet given because right. Jesus was not yet glorified. And he never got Then one day he just came in and was, and I've been there also in Bible studies where, like, you're getting to a point and they're already like, oh, no, I, I started dressing this way. I started doing this because, you know, and it's just like. Like you're like you're seeing them grow in front of your eyes, right. and that is also very yes, addictive yes. too. So. Light bulb just went on. Ooh. Yep, that's it's very very fun to see. Um, in 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 wrapping up, if you could talk back to your younger new newly married self to and like encourage yourself, also let it relate to like another young married people, or, you know, or newly uh, parents, newly parents. And just saying a word of encouragement, like saying like uh, whatever you want to say. If you could talk to that younger, younger you, that younger couple in your mind, what would you say? Besides just do it. You can do it. You can do it. Dive in. Dive wow. in with both feet and don't be afraid. Yeah. Just go for it. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't. I can't, I'm unsure, um, you know, just, because God will help you Yes. through it. 
just go for it. Don't let those fears override. And I think it's important also maybe to reiterate or tell some people maybe who don't already realize it. Don't underestimate the importance of a good saint. Be a good saint. Remember Brother Haney told us that when we were young, newly married. Your pastor needs a good saint. Don't underestimate the importance and the power that you can bring to a church just by being a good and faithful saint. Do that. Everything else is going to follow. God's going to lead you. God's going to guide you. But dive in without thinking because there's never going to be... The perfect time. Never. Things are never going to align. There's never going to be enough money. I'm going to be really honest. We didn't have the money to do Hope Corps. Wow. God opened every door. Out of nowhere, we were given a scholarship. We had no clue where it came from. Yeah, someone paid for because you paid monthly. Someone, for our classes. Someone paid for our class, not knowing what we were going through. And, and remember, I had surgery, so I wasn't doing a whole lot of side work. Wow. Um, and then I remember one time we had to pay pay right before the class. We had to pay by a Sunday or a Saturday. Class started Monday. We had enough for my wife, but didn't have enough for me. And I went, and even though I had surgery on my shoulder, went and looked at a job and gave them a price. They gave me the exact amount, what it cost for the whole core. I gave them the check to my wife, put it in, and we were able to do it. So when I do hear young people say, hey, I can't afford it, I'm like, yeah, you can. God will make a way. He made a way for us. Um, and just go for it. You cool. know, you can't underestimate what God will do. That can't is put really a price good. tag on you that. You can't, you know. <laughs> And we're always afraid we don't have enough money. We don't have this. We don't have this. But God will make a way. That is good. So. Well, this was really good. I appreciate you guys' time. And we uh, love you guys. <laughs> so, this is going to really touch a young married. I think it will even touch young people. Oh, yes. So this is really good. So in closing, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And I'll see you guys on the next.